Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Corey Derrick, and alongside me, as always, is the joyful Wisconsinite, Mr. Stoy Jovich. <laughs> I was going to say the joyful Wisconsinite. I like blending the two. So. Yeah, I am. I did. I mean, I, I suppose out of everybody here, I am the happier Wisconsinite. You, so. Yes, you are. You're, you're the only Wisconsinite right now. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, also joining us uh, all the way over from Crossroads, the PlayStation podcast, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Leron Dawkins. What's poppin'? He had some, <gasps> he had some sangria tonight, so uh, he's got sleeves oh. on. Oh yeah! I was gonna say he's wearing sleeves I know. today. Yeah, Hold yeah, Virginia, it... leave him alone. <laughs> mm. Also joining us from the Boss Rush podcast, Boss Rush After Dark. The writing team, standard definition, the, the the woman who does it all, for real, the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. I'm not worthy. Yes, you are. Don't yeah, don't sure, even da- don't on Arsenal even X. Play yeah, now she's on Arsenal X. She's Xbox game. She's just like yeah. invading hey, everywhere. Hey, you're you're actually more of an Xboxer than I am because you actually have a system. It's true. <laughs> I Jay. don't right now. Like I, I just, I just ride the glory off of my Game Pass for PC. I mean, all right, that's fair. What's up, y'all? How's it What's going, up, everybody? y'all? So, y'all. Uh, so, okay, we um, now, Laron and I talked about this earlier, oh, and God. I wanted to bring this conversation earlier so that because we're all part of the Boss Rush Network, right? Supposedly. So, so we're gonna me. start with Steph. We're gonna start with Stephanie here. What kind of boss would you be? In a video game. So, like, say, for example, you're in a video game, and all of a sudden, the Klimov uh, monster is is present. What what kind of boss would you be? If you need time to think about it, we can maybe go to Corey, because I imagine Corey's thought of, like, five different versions of himself. Hmm. Well... First, I want to just make a play off the fact that just a Klimov boss just sounds awful. But since it's Russian... The way I'd be talking would be like, in Soviet Russia, car drives you, or boss beats you, or how do I don't know how to, yeah, yeah, boss beats you, <laughs> and because I'm like a huge Zelda nerd, the way to defeat me would, would be constantly shooting and mm-hmm. or beating the shit out of my one gigantic eyeball that I have somewhere on my person. Mm-hmm. Um, this giant yeah. eyeball also wears a tracksuit and gold chains. Gold chains, like God of War yeah. style. This boss fights you, God of War style, with gold chains instead of you know the yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think I'd be pretty f- formidable. You know, I've I've done some strength training my pole class, so I'd be hard to take down. But my weak spot is that eye. <laughs> <laughs> is the one gigantic eye just in the middle yep. of your face? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, okay, all right. Hmm. So it sounds like you'd be a giant spider. Ooh. Sorry, one second. Uh, what was that? I missed that. He'd probably be a giant spider. Like oh, Goma. Maybe. Like a be, Goma. Kind of, oh, yeah, Goma. Be, there you go. Yeah, yeah that'd be... Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm. I see that. But instead of spider legs, you would have, like, gold chains or something like that. I get yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Corey, how about Russian you? Mm. Yeah. I'd probably be some sort of, like, Sonic Robotnik-type villain because he's always riding in these little fancy vehicles and I don't really want to, like, walk around and fight people. I just want stuff to do stuff for me and probably yeah. fail, and then I'll start to get something else, you know? So you'd be a Dr. Wily? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'm not that smart, though. I can't build a robot. I just 
drive my little car that goes into other robots. Okay. That would be me. All right. All right, cool. Awesome. Swing a giant ball around from my undercarriage. <laughs> so you'd have a you'd have an easy pattern. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fair. It's fun. It's fine. Uh, what did you guys pick? What do you what did you guys do? Well, I've I've got a better answer now because like I got uh, caught, I got I got caught with my pants I got caught with my pants down when that when I was asking me earlier on the show. That's all we do with everything. Everything we're just like we totally come up with like out of the blues. So yeah, that, well, that was my, my 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 initial answer would be just like I'd be I'd just be some bare knuckle brawler to get in your face, and as soon as I start getting like slapped down, like you know, like I'm retreating to get get heels and doing and sending minions after you real fast, uh, and then just getting right back in the fight and back to trying to fuck you up again. But I mean, you know, like if I'm gonna be like some some. If I'm gonna be like a super boss or whatnot, because I'm a sci-fi person, you know, like I'm gonna have like a giant mech suit and, and shit, and you know, like the the only way that you're gonna defeat me is like to like uh, immobilize like the different limbs on it. So like like you gotta take out the legs and you gotta disable the arms and stuff and force me out of the machine for a minute while it's repairing, and you know, and and then you find out how much of a badass I really am because like I can fight outside the damn suit. I just choose to use the suit so I don't get my hands dirty. Question: Will oh, the Leron boss also? Be wearing a sleeveless shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. The robot arm. Hold on, hold on. No here's here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. Like, because we've seen all these sci-fi movies, the more skin you have exposed, the better your interface is with the technology. It's fair. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, that's just like female armor back in the Middle Ages. I mean, the, <laughs> the less armor you had on, the more protected you were. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm Logic, not. Am I I'm right, not, Steph? Am I right, yep, Steph? I mean, exactly how it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. See. So, I mean, I'm, I know, I'm not saying. I know. I'm, I'm not saying when you pop me out of the armor, I might just be wearing a pair of Spanx or whatnot, but, you know, it is what it is. Hey, that's a tactic, too. It's a shock factor. (laughs) Yeah. Which which warrior back in the day, like, would run into battle completely naked to throw people off? uh, I don't know if that was a real warrior, but I know Ghosts and Goblins, like, if you lost your armor. He's knocking out the armor. He's running around his boxers. (laughs) But all I know of that. Wow. Anyways, that was a that was a that was a good uh, icebreaker. Hold on, I hold on. Story didn't get a chance to tell to tell us. Like he, he had a good one. I mean, I, I I I was thinking about no, I don't actually. I would be a two hit <laughs> kill boss because I um I'd be like a dual wielding rogue or something like that. So I'd be the fast stealthy one in the group. Ah. So like I would just like sneak up on you and just like stab you in the back thirty times and then like kick flip away and then like throw a smoke screen and then just go hide somewhere and then make you like slash barrels the entire time trying to find me and i'm right behind you the whole time so i do the same thing again but like if you actually like caught up to my pattern it would just take two hits for me and then i'd be like and then i'd be dead so, so basically, you're like Psycho Manus from Metal Gear Solid because basically, like he did all these parlor tricks on you, and all it took was like two solid, solid shots from the from the from the what was it, SOCOM that you had, and he was done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So kind of like that, except I, I mean, I would actually attack you. Kind you, of. you you would no. taunt people. You would taunt people, yeah. tell them what their favorite video game is and what their worst accomplishment was. Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Wow, you <laughs> saved thirty times already. Way or, to go, bro. Or, 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 or taught them for how they never got the uh, got the trophy trophy of the achievement in the game. <laughs> mm. Yep. I like it. What a nice variety of bosses we make. Yeah. Um. Oh, interesting. 
Uh, yeah. What? Do we, who, who do we come up with? Uh, Laron, you had a really good one for David Lasby, or uh, maybe that was Pat, where he that came was, up with that, where he he'd be like a necromancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would like summon like uh summon like the zombie hordes like every time, and they'd do his bidding the entire time, and he would just stand there looking menacingly. <laughs> If that's not if that's not him in real life, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or either that or like 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 everyone everyone that knows anything about David Lasby here at Boss Rush, they know that this dude is all about like if he's not about Legend of Zelda, he's all about freaking like xenomorphs in, in the alien franchise. Alien. Yeah. So yeah. so that'd be his that'd be his thing. He'd have a hive of like xenomorphs that you're just ready to pounce on you. Honestly, I'm imagining Corypheus from Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm mm. imagining him to be that way. So, you know, I, I was thinking about Eddie and uh, I was going with Josh's Gohan, like the large, a, a large suit uh, guy with like a big hammer. I could see Eddie being that, but like being like the kind of like Jester Joker that would just like taunt you the entire time. Yeah, that'd be Eddie. Maybe. 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 We'll have to come up. We'll have to think Maybe. about this a little bit more. I mean, we have time. We have time. Boss Rush yep. Banter, what villain are you? There you go. Free idea out there for our writing team. Uh, so we have a few questions, guys, that we're going to answer before we really get into the meat of the show. We, ha- we have a couple from Discord. We have one from Twitter. It's a good time. Good questions. So Austin, via Discord, also Crossroads co-host, Ask what future third parties would you like to see come to Game Pass day one? All of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess like a realistic sort of take, I think, would be, I think uh, Hogwarts Legacy would be a, a, a one to go after. Ooh, I don't think, no. I mean, well, that'd be nice, but no. Well, here's the I was going to say, want, I don't they think they want money. Happen, but I would love for it to happen, yeah. Well, yeah. Here, here's the thing with like, a lot of people are saying they're going to boycott that game because of the, you know, the oh, JK. Yeah. And <laughs> Harry Potter fans like, wow. you know, and I, I think, I think if they want to get ahead of that, maybe they would make a deal. Plus like the, there was like a developer that had some controversy around him either. Although I don't really know what that controversy was or why it was taken. So out of context or whatever, but it's a conversation for a different show, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think that's one maybe you could get realistically. I don't think you're going to get Suicide Squad or Gotham Knights, right? Batman is just too big of a a brand. But I could potentially see Hogwarts Legacy. Potential. It's potential. Low potential. It's not potential. Well, I would be stoked if that was the case then. Yeah. It would be awesome. I but- think... um. There was talks, I think, uh, when Dying Light was first unveiled at E3, like, or one of the bigger gameplay reveals, was at the Xbox press conference, I think, in 2019 or something. So I could see that being a game pass on day one. Like, they shadow dropped that maybe like a few weeks before. Like, hey, it's going to be on game pass day one. I, I know they don't have a partnership, but that would be a really cool one. I would like to see that. I think there, I think there's so potential. I w- Right? Like, I, I don't think that that's a big stretch. No. Go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry. 
No, no, sorry. And ho- hopefully I didn't make a mistake here because I was trying to do my research before the podcast. And I, out of like all what I was looking at, I was trying to look for what would be cool, but also what would be the one of the more reasonable ones. Um, Stalker 2. I, I think. think that is it is coming be, uh, game pass, game on day pass. One. Is yeah. it? Oh, damn it! Yeah. I was like, oh man, there you totally go. Good, <laughs> good call, <laughs> Stephanie. <mind>. The obvious. <laughs> then just give me. See, I told you. Laurent <laughs> just uh, shaking his head, judging me. No, that wasn't. No, that wasn't judgment. Actually, no. Um, <laughs> I was scrolling through something on my feed, and I was just like, no. <laughs> Uh, as far as the future third-party game uh, that I would like to see come to day pass, Game Pass Day One, um, you know what? As hard I, I would love to see a game like the Callisto Protocol, you know, hit Game Pass Day One. But um, I have a funny feeling. I have a funny feeling because, like, you know, this is a former this is a former studio, you know, like from EA and stuff like that. They're not going to shackle themselves to like you know like like a major platform like that. They're going they're going to try and do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, but I would love to see something like that, you know, like like show up on Game Pass Day One. And it's not even that I'm trying to be a cheap ass gamer or anything like that, because I, I typically do I like am. pay. For, I typically do pay for my games, and then you know get pissed when they immediately go on sale and get slashed. Oh, you should yeah. you should uh, not. You should just wait. You should just wait. No, 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 because then developers, then developers get pissed off at us, and it was like, you should buy our games at full, full fucking price. Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Like like Days Gone. Yeah, that's where we got that. <laughs> yep, yep. That's exactly where we got that from. Yeah, because we, yeah. we talked about, I, I, we I guess, talked about Jeff Ross being look, butter. I'm all, I'm all yeah. for, like, I, I agree with him that that studio kind of got shafted, even though that game sold pretty well, right? But, like... Just shut up 100%. already! <laughs> like, just shut you, up. Yeah, you need you need yeah. to stop. You need to stop crying about it. I mean, because like, you know, eventually, eventually, what's going to happen is like, like you know, like he's going to get such notoriety in the industry that nobody's going to want to hire him because he's he's like a giant, like you know, like whiny baby. I mean, well, I, that was kind of like uh, David Jaffe was the same way. David Jaffe was the same way. He when he left the God of War team to do his own thing, like he was very vocal and against the video game industry. And now he still is. He's YouTube. He's a He's yeah. a YouTuber now, like he does, uh, and a podcaster. Yeah, he yeah. has his own podcast. Yeah, which is pretty good, by the way. I listen to it. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. His show okay. is pretty good. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, I get defending your game, right? But like, it's over, man. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. that first year, like, I get it. Maybe into that second year, like, maybe when you're about to leave or whatever, like, yeah, defending your game. But like, it's been two, two, almost three years now. Like, it's over. Yeah. It's be over. happy that you completed the game. Be happy that it was reviewed well. Be happy that it sold well. Yeah, it sold yeah. And what seven or eight on. million copies? Like it did well. Well, just, we don't know. It knows. Well, yeah, no one we knows. Don't, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't know. The, we don't know the yeah. real numbers. Hmm. So and, and Sony doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, what, oh, whatever. It's it's over. <laughs> just relax. Relax. It's like Don Matrick do for it. the Xbox Three, Xbox One. Get over it. Or deal with Get over it. it. Deal with it. Uh, I'm just so my thought process through this was like thinking of multiplayer games that like you could get away with not like almost going into Game Pass thing in like a free to play style way to where like you know Hogwarts Legacy is a multiplayer game that you're probably gonna have cosmetics or skins or power ups that you can buy or whatever, right? Like that's really it's something. gonna be a multiplayer game. Yeah, it's gonna have a multiplayer component. Oh, mm-hmm. man. 
It's okay. like a. It's gonna. I think. It. My assumption is that it's gonna be like almost like a Borderlands esque style game where you can like drop in, drop out, co op, beat the whole game by yourself or with friends, find okay. stuff out on missions and stuff. That's my assumption, at least. Uh, I thought it was going to be just like an open world, like kind of traveling through and, and maybe go through like little hub worlds out out and about every now and then. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we really don't know a lot, right, about this game. Yeah. So I don't know. The other the other game I was thinking about, though, was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, because like mm. I, I'm not hearing anything about that game. Right. And I have no idea what that game is. It's that Borderlands. <laughs> Which is funny kind of because thing. we've no. no we've I, I know what it is, but I don't know what it. Like whatever. It's Borderlands. Like it's just a Borderlands spinoff. It's just Borderlands, but set in this tiny team. Yeah, but is it a first-person shooter? Is yeah. it a? Uh, yeah, it's literally. Um, but but I also see like dungeon crawling. Uh, yeah. I also see like well, kind of real-time strategy elements to it. Like, is it all of it? Yeah, it's like a tiny assault on dragons keep or whatever that dlc for borderlands 2 but they made a whole game out of it and like it's like uh dragons and magic mixed with guns so i don't know i i could see that just because it doesn't doesn't seem like there's a lot of buzz around it it's my thought i mean i think borderlands has kind of run its course yeah yeah Plus, like, I mean, I know three sold well, but I didn't. It didn't hear anything after it came out, like if people really liked it or not. Yeah. Should we move on to our next question? Sure. Okay. Sure. Deshaun from Twitter says, "Yo, what studios do you think Microsoft will purchase this year?" Rumors Sega. are brewing. Sega. Why Sega. Do you, why do you think they're going to buy Sega? It's a natural fit. I mean, Sega and Microsoft have had a partnership for so long, and. Um, I don't know if Microsoft that I'll right buy them, but at the very least share like a more exclusive partnership. Yeah. Well, they already signed that deal. I mean, I know it's like a tech deal for Azure, but I mean, it's, yeah. you know, they're going to make super games out of it. They say super games, but I think it makes sense because, you know, in terms of seg, I mean, it, it would benefit Sega more because well, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess now that I think about it, it would benefit Microsoft more to hit into the Japanese market. Mm-hmm. But it would also benefit Sega just as equally because then their publishing arm would get a huge boost. Mm-hmm. And they can actually make the games that maybe they want to make, they really want to make. Mm-hmm. Like a new Shinobi. Cowards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, like, you think about it, Sega owns Atlas, which would be Persona, Shin Megami Tensei, whatever else Atlas publishes. <laughs> So they would yeah, get those, they would get that JRPG crowd that they've been trying to get since the 360. Yeah. And those Persona dancing games. Come on. Who doesn't want that on Game Pass? Dancing all night. Hmm. Well, it'll give Just Dance night. 2022 a run for its money. Hmm. You gonna, mm. you gonna buy that one too, Steph? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Done with that. Gone are those days. Uh I honestly do. I honestly don't know what to say because I feel like I feel like I feel like Microsoft and Sony are just pulling the rugs out from underneath us every time we hear we hear an acquisition is happening. So I have no idea where to go. Like I, I, I so I really can say like I'm kind of I'm kind of in agreement with Stoy about the Sega thing mm-hmm. uh, because um, I have a funny feeling that you know like 
I would like to see I would like to see somebody pull Konami, and, but but anyone that has a choice who has any any type of leverage that would probably be uh, Sony. But um, yeah, but I, yeah can't, I, I could see that more. Yeah, I I, I can't predict where Microsoft is going to go next, honestly. So I I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I but, would. But the logic is sound. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I think Asobo Studios is a pretty decent acquisition for them they did flight simulator they do the uh, plague tale games i think that would be a pretty smart move for them since they kind of know how to use the tech that they're trying to Mm. sell it seems so that would be probably a smart move for them also i don't know i think i think splash damage would be a decent fit especially if they're going to start doing spinoff games like i mean they did gears tactics was their latest title uh, which is really, really good. I've been playing that. And uh, I don't know. I think if they're going to start doing spinoff style games like Gears Tactics and more Halo Wars and stuff, that would be pretty smart. Although Halo Wars would actually go back to Stoy's Sega prediction because Sega developed Halo Wars 2. Mm-hmm. They have Creative Assembly, which could also help out with Age of Empires or something too. <clears throat> so yeah. i mean <clears throat> i i actually would really like them to buy sega i've been wanting them to buy sega for years but that seems like story made a really really good argument for that i don't know where to go from there now i had two really good ideas and then story was just like ha I'm sorry your ideas you, uh, knife bah, stab should twist. i come up with a bad idea no <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the time microsoft tried to buy nintendo yeah, remember that? <laughs> remember, remember when Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo and they laughed him out of the room? <laughs> did you try to copy Stoy's I did, signature? Up. You know what? <laughs> it's fine. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, you remember that when Microsoft was like, "We want to break into the video game world," and <laughs> someone in the room said, "Why don't we just buy Nintendo?" And then they all made shirts that said, "Microsoft knows games," which proves yep. that you don't know games. We just buy our way into it. I mean, let's ad- let's admit that's what they've done over the last couple of years. It's like buying studios left and right, mm-hmm. which is good. They should, you know, the problem is that they got to play catch up. Yeah, Sony's been doing that for years. Nintendo's been developing their internal development teams for years and years and years, and Microsoft's just been like, Gears of War, Halo, mm-hmm. Gears. Yeah, I. W- I mean, honestly, Gears. like I would like them to. I would. The perfect studio for them to buy too, honestly, is Platonic. I feel like, even though they just got that big investment from, what Tencent or NetEase or something, some Chinese conglomerate. Just because they they know how to do Banjo and Conquer, and like one of the big things floating around right now is that Microsoft has no kids games. Like no kids games whatsoever, except for Super Lucky's Tale, which is like. Man, rough. But I mean, they could make they could come back and make banjo, and then they like they it'd basically just be rare two point I don't know. That's my thought. Uh, there was a rumor last year floating around that they were going to try to repurchase Bungie, but I don't think that's happening. No, that would uh, that would t- I I don't I don't think they have a lot of money left over from uh, the Bethesda acquisition. Really That's don't. Not true. <laughs> they already made all that money back. I know, but like, man, <laughs> that's a lot of money to be throwing around. 
They're True. Microsoft. They can. They do. They have like. I, even Microsoft they're, has they're a tri- They're a trillion dollar company. They have nine hundred and ninety three billion dollars left to spend. I know. I know. But uh, just give Bungie ten billion dollars and call it a day. <laughs> you know, make matter, make matter, and their other IP, their new other new IP, just an Xbox exclusive. It'll be fine. It's a multiplayer only game. You just sell them skins and battle passes and farts. I don't know what else this game has. Anyways, clearly you know more about it than I do. I know I do a Destiny What's... podcast. We talk about we talk about Bungie every week. Oh yeah, yeah, which is great, especially when they don't give you any news the week you come back from break. Mm. And we sat and talked about Mass Effect for an hour and fifteen minutes, <laughs> which was fun. Don't get me wrong. Well, Mass Effect's great, kind of, but kind of related. It is. It's a space adventure. Space opera. You create your own character. You make friends, and I, I mean, I've never really fucked anybody on my Made fire friends. team, but you know, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> even worse. Now I feel sad. I have oh. no friends. It's okay. Um, were there rumors about since there are several rumors about them looking at IO Interactive? There were rumors, and I know they're publishing their next, their like project. What is it called? Project Dragon or something? Uh, they do have a publishing deal with one of their new IP, but Kane to Lynch three. Is yeah, it finally gonna happen. That would be cool, but <laughs> no, they got to get through. Stop it! No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Dude, I think I think if they did a Kane and Lynch game right, it would be cool, but they're not going to. No. Yeah. Uh, but I, think I cool. feel that IO Interactive would be like a reasonable buy and would help diversify their portfolio. I mean, for me, like Sega would still be the dream idea, but I felt I feel like maybe if IO Interactive might be like a I don't know low hanging fruit. Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, there there's a there's a couple rumors floating around around out there right now of who they actually could buy because WB has been or. Er, Whatever the big overarching thing of Warner Brothers and Time Warner, what is it, Warner Media or something, has been looking to offload their gaming division, and a lot of people are pointing at Microsoft to buy their gaming division, which would be like Nether Realm, and they would get Mortal Kombat, and and they would huh. get you know WB Montreal, they would get uh, uh, Monolith, they would get Rocksteady, they would get like four or five really great studios plus a couple mobile studios. Which would like you know obviously keep the cash flowing in because it's a mobile game and whales. But the other one, <coughs> the other one that I was that has been kind of floating around a little bit is the Western arm of Square Enix, which would be Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, and who is the other Western developer? There, there's three developers in that package as well, which means they would get Tomb Raider, Deus Ex whatever else they're working on. I don't know what else they work on. They just work on Marvel well, games WB now, Montreal but... is working on um, uh, Gotham Knights. I know. And Rocksteady is so... working on Suicide Squad. I mean, you wouldn't get the DC license, obviously, because yeah, right. Warner Brothers makes it. But I think if you... I think if you bought that, right, in like the way that Sony and, and Disney kind of seem to be having some sort of deal, right, with Marvel and, you know, time exclusive for Star Wars stuff, the next biggest thing would be DC and Harry Potter, right? I mean, you could go after that, I think. And Lord of the Rings, those are pretty big, three pretty big properties that uh-huh. Disney doesn't own. 
Interesting. I think owning franchises <coughs> beyond video games may... I mean, I think uh, Disney definitely learned that with Star Wars. Right. When EA just pretty much mucked up, uh, you know, the universe with all those games that they were working on. And, you know, yeah. what do we get out of it? Battlefront 2? We got two and Battlefronts Battlefront. and two Fallen Orders yeah. and, and yeah. Squadrons, I guess. Right. Squadrons was okay, I guess. Squadrons was good. I mean, yeah, you got yeah Battlefronts, that one, and uh, Fallen Order, and then that's it. Yeah, that's what you did. <laughs> and you know, Fallen Order two, which we'll talk about later, right? Like, right, th- theoretically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a lot of production out of EA. No, definitely not. So, I don't know. I I mean, obviously, like if they bought Warner, if they bought like the Warner Gaming Group, they wouldn't get those licenses outright but i i'm sure they would try to package it together say hey we want like an exclusivity deal uh if we Mm -hmm. buy your studios we also get the exclusivity deal to make dc games for 10 or 15 years or whatever i can see that all right thank you for writing in remember you can tweet at us join our discord all that good stuff ask us questions we like it uh, quick housekeeping. This is Arsenal X Xbox podcast, part of the Boss Rush Network. You can catch us live on Twitch every Sunday night or on podcast services and YouTube on Tuesday mornings. If you listen on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five star rating. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out all of our shows and content on bossrush.net. Also, store update get your Arsenal X merch on the Boss Rush store. We're adding a new design. It's cool. This is going to be a surprise to everybody. Very excited. <gasps> Uh, we have shirts, stickers, mugs, hoodies, and more. Check it out by clicking on the store icon on our website. It's very exciting. Very, very, very exciting. Look at that. Look at Stoy's shirt. Love it. Love it, Stoy. Look at that. Nice. Sick. Uh, Sick. I'm, I'm going to tell you, these sh- the t-shirts fit very snug. Yes. <laughs> I would suggest so, t-shirts oh, getting a size so, up. Oh, so right, right up my alley. Mm. Right Got up my alley, too, bro. Like, I'm a, me- I'm a schmedium <laughs> all day, every yeah. day. <laughs> All these skinny if it kids up if here. It oh, this shirts fit fit my body because I'm just you know my body's hey, made for hey, wearing tight shirts. If, so. European if it cut. Feel, if it doesn't say. feel like if it doesn't feel like a second skin, I'm not. I don't want to wear it. Mm. Yep. Yep. Same. <laughs> Three I words: European clothing. cut. Mm. I don't like. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> uh, we're gonna jump into what we've been playing. What? 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 Huh? Oh, no, no, uh, no. I'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about offline. I just looked at all the different designs in the store, and I got excited. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> what happened? Wait, what design? What design? It's something bad. No, it's the standard deaf design. Which one? The Marvel one. What's wrong with it? Did I break it? Is it wrong? No, I gasped because it's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Oh. I told I thought, you to move on. <laughs> I thought I broke it. I thought it was. I thought I spelled no. something wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so awesome it looks amazing yeah for so guys go get your merch yeah for <laughs> you should check out our new shows by the way standard definition and after dark you can also find us on patreon patreon.com slash boss rush network you can join there and get four shows early access if you want them if uh, not no big deal but you should because it's fun because uh, it is a big deal anyway yeah so, anyways, we're going to jump into what we've been playing and some weekly pickups. If you picked up anything, Stephanie, we're going your way first. What are you playing? Um, 
I had a slow week in gaming. Um, I Because I finished Guardians of the Galaxy, I really wanted to dive back into, and I know this is Arsenal X, but um, I've just been playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima because I put a hold on that and I want to finish it. Um, but I know I need to get on the Mass Effect train, so I will be downloading it from mm. the Legendary Edition from Game Pass, and I will yes, be ma'am. starting that. Yes, ma'am. Do it. Another series That's coming what... out, standard definition, by the way. Mass Effect. Yeah. Because I'm starting so, it as yeah. soon as I finish Guardians, too. I'm starting it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought Stoy and I were running this one. Whoa. We are. We are. Why are we not? Are. Whoa. Laron, it's okay. Whoa. We are. Laron, okay. Whoa. Okay. 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 Whoa. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Ignore Corey. Ignore Corey. It's us. It's Whoa. our thing. Whoa. <laughs> Continue, Stephanie. No, that's really it. I had a very slow week in gaming. Hmm. <laughs> wow. I don't like either of you right now. Pass. What? <laughs> okay. what are wow. you what are you playing right now, Laron? Hey, 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 I can't I, I can't help it right I'm now. I'm playing if, uh, Monster if... Hunter and rolling my sleeves up because I'm not used to wearing them. <laughs> hey, I can't help it right now. Story uh, Story and I have a better vibe right now on the show. I can't I can't help that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I am playing fucking Mass Effect, the legendary edition. Yeah, I like I stayed up half the damn night last night adding mods and like elevating the experience because there's just some there's just some things about Mass Effect that even though EA and Bioware said that they were gonna they were gonna make make right for us, they did not, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so I started. Do you remember? Mods. Do you remember when I talked about the the Mass Effect YouTube channel uh, took down their trailer? Yes, it's back up now. Apparently, it's back up. Okay. Um, hmm. I wonder what yeah. that was all about. I wonder. Yeah, but they it, it was weird because they moved it to their official channel. Mm-hmm. They moved Wait, it. They, 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 they took it, it off the Bioware. It, Ma- it took off Bioware and moved it to Mass Effect. Yeah. Okay. Or like it, it's been on the Mass Effect YouTube channel the whole time. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I was thinking about it because I was like, it's weird that they would just take it down because there were speculations of like, what's happening at Bioware? Are they are they in trouble? Did they stop making Mass Effect? Are they gonna rewrite the story now? And you know, people are like, they took down the Toyota. Why? <laughs> Bioware fans are something else, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So I feel like, I feel like right now until like I get my TV mounted, cause, um, my TV is not mounted. It's still sitting on the floor back there. Uh, and uh, and I refuse to be one of those. I refuse to be one of those one of those guys. Like you know, back when we lived in our twenties, where our TV was on the floor, and we and we didn't have, and all we had was a was a mattress and a blanket, and we were playing video games on the floor. I refuse to be that guy. Like I'm not on my TV. So until I'm out my TV to, to get my PS5 and switch back up and running, I'm Come just playing. On, man, you got you got to stow your pride. You got to stow that pride. <laughs> No, screw that. I want to sit down in my comfy <laughs> computer chair and play my damn Mass Effect Legendary Edition, recruit Garrus to my to my squad and shit, and, and be like, I'm Garrus Vicarian. This is my favorite spot on, on the Citadel. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. All right. I okay. mean, I don't blame him. I mean, he's not wrong. He's, I mean, yeah, I know. He's not wrong. He's not I, wrong. I want to I, 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 I punch reporters in the face, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun thing. Also, pushing people out the window is also fun. See, see what game was that in? Because I, I don't think in, I ever. I think it's in two. Because it's, it's more. I think it's Morton's uh, uh, mission. Right? Thane's His, mission. Is Thane, it Thane's? Thane's mission? Yeah, yeah. Where that's where you're climbing the tower, trying mm-hmm. to beat him to. Uh, yeah. To the end there. Mm-hmm. I may have to. I may have to go that route. I. I. I, I told. 
myself, I would recreate my exact experience from um, from my first run through Mass Effect on this one. Why would but you do that? Know. Just do your own thing. Just make your own choices, Leron. You can't think about. You can't. Because I want to. I want to see it all shiny and, and new this time. You can't. You, know? you like, can't think about what twenty seven year old Leron would do. You got to think about whatever you know forty two year old Leron is doing. Hey, why don't you be like everybody else playing Mass Effect and make the same decisions no matter what playthrough every single time? Yeah. Okay, so uh, actually, no. Stephanie hasn't played Mass Effect, so I don't want to start talking about controversial decisions that you that you should or should not make. I, all right, I, I'm done. I'm done though. Like Mass Effect Legendary Editions, I've been playing for honestly the last week now. Mm. You know. Mm. Cool. Story, what do you play? Oh, sorry, Lorana. Uh, no, 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 no. I was just going to say my PC is my only gaming viable gaming system I have hooked up right now. Mm. <laughs> That's first world problems right there. As as on the video, you see the PlayStation Five uh, behind. I got it all my video up. game right. systems tucked it's away not, in a corner, and I can't play them. It's oh, not woe is me. It's not Lorana. Really Lorana. <laughs> all I got to do is all I got hooked up is my high powered gaming PC. Oh, <laughs> woe is me. <laughs> Oh man. Uh I've been playing Psychonauts 2 a lot. Uh I really like the I really like how they delve into the human mind and make it, it's just really smart game design. Like Double Fine's always been really good at pushing the genre in terms of game design and like bringing something new and something that kind of makes you think. Uh this one especially, like I know I'm kind of late on the train of playing Psychonauts 2, but I'm finally getting into it. I'm, I'm maybe about like a couple hours in. I'm only in the mode, the level where you're trying to convince your boss to separate risk with, um, like, separate risk from like bad mm-hmm. to good risk. And when you kind of sever that connection of, you know, I, I, I guess Stephanie, do you know what I'm talking about with this game? No. Okay. But it's okay. No. I'll, I'll keep nodding. I know okay. what you're talking about. Story. Mm-hmm. I know. So I should go back and explain. Psychonauts 2 is a game where you actually have psychic abilities to enter people's minds. And, you, you know, you, you can almost see and live in a world of their thoughts, their feelings, their right. emotions. Right, it manifests. Yeah. It manifests into a physical world that your character, in this case Ras, Rasputin, can touch and interact with and stuff. And... Uh, so you have enemies like, uh, you have enemies like, um, uh, like, uh, guilt. You have enemies like, uh, like anger, frustration, sadness, all this stuff, whatever. So like you have all these like emotions that manifest themselves as enemies to you. And then you have some enemies called ciphers where like they stamp out things that don't belong. So they come at you with these big rubber stamps, you know, and Whatever, they're easy enemies to dispatch. But you get into these moments where you're trying to connect these person's thoughts to try to maybe not necessarily cure them, but maybe kind of come to grips with whatever emotional trauma that they go through. So in this particular moment, I I really like the way that you disassociated risk with uh, bad feelings and bad emotions, and you changed it to be risk equals good. What you then unlocked is now this person has a gambling addiction that they stuffed away. And now all of a sudden they've uh. developed a compulsive gambling habit that manifests itself, itself in the game story. And now you have to fix that, but you have to delve into why. 
why that was there in the first place, why that was tucked away deep inside their memory banks or whatever. And it's really kind of like a slow story of just like, okay, the pieces are starting to make sense. You know, they give you little nuggets of information and then, you know, little obscure references of just like, oh, what is that supposed to mean? What is this supposed to mean? So it's it's really got me intrigued um, to play more if I can't stop freaking playing Dragon Age Inquisition all the time. But uh, I'm also playing Little Nightmares too. Playing that. Oh, that game is so that game is so freaky. <laughs> like it's so it's so uniquely. It's not scary, at least for me. But it's it's kind of morbid, dark, uh, just man. It like 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 the atmosphere is so it's so dark and foreboding and just spooky. It's mm-hmm. they did a really good job of this. Uh, the first one was good, and I think they really nailed the atmosphere in this one like to a T. And I'm I'm playing this game, and I actually got to a really good part where I'm starting to advance in the story and I'm starting to see a correlation between one of the main enemies in the game and your character and there's got to be some kind of like trauma that maybe you're living inside your head I'm I, I'm not at that point yet where I've had I have all the answers but I'm seeing a correlation between some of the enemies some of the settings that you're in that maybe tell a larger story because there is no hand holding in this game like there's no oh here's the story here's what's happening here's what mm-hmm. this means here's what that means it's all like up for interpretation and i really kind of like games like that because it really makes you think all the way through so yeah that's cool. really kind of those are the main games i've been playing i ended up picking up the pedestrian that's on game pass that just came out on game pass last week cool um oh that's really so- really it's a puzzle game. Yeah, it's the one where you're like the little guy on the street signs, right? And like yep. jumping through the street signs as like you see traffic going. Yeah, that game looked really neat. Oh, it is actually. It's really unique, really fun. It's really satisfying when you start to nail down some of the harder puzzles. Mm-hmm. And it, there's so many different facets of it, like trying to navigate between different like signs and connecting lines to travel through like this sign to that sign to that sign mm-hmm. but like also trying to carry objects through with you and stuff it's really it's a fun game to play like amazingly it's on game pass and you know it's it may seem daunting at first sometimes you get to a mode or you get to an area where it's like man how am i going to beat this but once the gears start to turn and you start to really connect the dots in a literal sense mm-hmm. it, it becomes so satisfying when you actually complete a section and move on to the next one it's really good so Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to download that because I really wanted to play that when it came out. And I was like, well, I, it'll probably be on Game Pass at some point. Yeah, it is right now. Right now. Hmm. Right now. Go, go, go. Hmm. I'm going to log into my app so I get my five free Microsoft reward points that I can trade in later <laughs> for a gift card. You know, when I get 8,000 more. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. What have you been playing? I have been playing. So yesterday I played some Destiny with my friends, and I finally got the Halo 1 pistol, the Forerunner. It's called the Forerunner in this game. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's the Halo 1 pistol to a T. Like when you zoom in, it literally brings up the Halo 1 reticle. Headshots, it does a three-shot burst. Headshot, dead. Everyone's dead in three shots. doesn't matter what you're fighting. This thing is stupid. It's so stupid. Like, I don't know how they're going to balance this 
weapon going forward because it's I I don't understand how they let this into the game. I really don't. It's nasty. I mean I mean I do, but like You think three four three is gonna come after the original creators? No, no. Halo well, would be like, hey they, you can't okay, use that. So the Halo weapons in Destiny are they're not really Halo weapons, they're Halo inspired weapons, but you you know which weapons they are, right? Like the right. like the BXR fifty five is clearly the battle rifle. And the uh uh like the the Forerunner is clearly the Magnum. Even the quest is called Magnum Opus. Like that's the quest that it called to go get it, right? I mean, you can clearly see that that's what they are. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I ended up getting that. We did the dungeon, and I got the uh, <laughs> I got the you know the Halo uh, laser uh, the spanker from Halo, like the big laser weapon. Yep. They uh they have an ornament for one of the rocket launchers uh, for that weapon, and I ended up getting that as well. So. It's called the Spanker. Yeah. <coughs> nice. Yeah. And, nice. Uh, so I, I ended up getting that. I have all of the Halo and Marathon weapons now. I'm just all I need is the Marathon armor set, and I have all the 30th anniversary gear. So I did get the helmet, which is cool. Uh, I just need to get. There's four other pieces I need to go get. So I don't know if I'm going to or not, but I at least wanted the helmet, and I got the helmet. So. I did that, and then I've been playing uh, Metroid Dread on Switch, which I finally got past the part that I was banging my head up at, at my head at because I uh, found an elevator was, that I didn't know was an elevator, and what now was I the feel part like it's stuck at. I don't. It's in that second area, uh, <coughs> maybe the third area. I don't remember. Uh, but man, I was banging my head against the wall so hard, and it just there's an elevator, and I didn't know. Whoops. Oops, um, and I ended up getting that three, the three shot, the wide shot. I think is what it's called. So, yeah. And then last but not least, I've been tr- trying to plow through Guardians of the Galaxy so I can start Mass Effect. And Guardians of the Galaxy, the longer I play it, the more I don't want it to end. <laughs> it's, I yeah, just, I love it. It gets better. I know. Yeah. I'm on chapter eleven right now. I think, and it's just. It's I don't know the characters. I love the world. I love the characters. I love how s- ridiculous the story is getting, <laughs> with like the, I, I guess like the main group that you're like that is growing. I don't really want to ruin it, but like, it's awesome. The yeah, the cult. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the cult. I love it. I I love yeah. man. Even even Star Lord is like, I know he kind of looks ridiculous, but his personality is growing on on me. You know. Mm. So, what were you gonna say, Leron? No, I was. Uh, I was about to say, hey, Stoy, does it seem like? Does it seem like we're just basically like getting everybody to come to the Mass Effect dark side? Like, like we've been we've been talking about. To be fair, I hey, bought man, Mass hey, Effect man, Legendary you know, Edition are, on day we one. We are our own cult too. So I, I, they say cults are bad, but <laughs> I bought Mass Effect Legendary Edition on day one too. I, I did yeah. too. And I mean, then, you know, two. And then two weeks later, Monster Hunter Stories 2 came out, so I forgot about it. <laughs> There's just time yep. to play Mass Effect right now, I think is what everybody has come to the conclusion. <laughs> There's nothing important comes out until February 22nd for me. So, Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to plow through Guardians so I can play Mass Effect. It's funny how like the, the, the relationships you're building in Guardians remind me a lot of Mass Effect in, in a lot of different ways. 
I mean, not necessarily like the the conversation trees or, you know, doing loyalty missions or anything, but like you're building relationships and you're going on these really far-fetched missions together. And it's like, man, this has a lot of Mass Effect in it. It's got a lot of heart in it too. And it's just like, man, love it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to finish it. I wanted to like talk to you guys about how some of your decisions early on actually impacted the final kind of battle or level final level because Mm -hmm. how you have conversations with certain people or things impacts that yeah yeah like there was that scene where you're talking to the guy and you're trying to hack his little robot thing you're trying to get let Mm -hmm. rocket hack his little robot thing and like you know the better you are at trying to distract the guy like the longer you're getting him to talk and Mm -hmm. the more time you give rocket to fix it and i failed and Rocket let me have it. Rocket's an asshole. Rocket's an asshole. He is. Like, I'm just like, I'm sick of your shit, man. Like, I, and I, I didn't. Star Lord's just like a little whiny little baby, like, oh, Rocket, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, man, tell him off. <laughs> Star Lord needs to grow a quad. <laughs> I didn't fail, Stoy. I know. I, it's just me. It's my problem. I know. Yeah. You guys probably all did it just fine. No, I failed. <laughs> oh. Next time. Uh, but that's all I've been through. That's 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 all I've been playing. Uh, I did find a Project Scorpio CIB, as the kids say, complete, complete inbox. inbox. Mm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's coming. I don't know why. I just did pull the trigger. Boom, got it. Uh, so, oh, I also found all of the Burger King games. <laughs> <gasps> oh really? Sealed. Nice. For ten bucks. So sealed, huh? Yeah. You're not gonna pop those babies open and play them? I mean, I am. I'm gonna. That'd be those would be hilarious to stream. Like pocket bike race, racers or sneak king. Hmm. Man, good times. Those were the Gears of War and the three Burger King games were the first four <laughs> games I owned on Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the girl I was dating at the time bought them for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, neat. Wow. 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 So that was fun. All right, we're going to jump into the the news. We have a couple headlines here, and then we'll go into the wrap-up. Uh, our, our first story here, Ubisoft Plus, the company's own gaming subscription service, is coming to Xbox platforms in 2022. On top of popular modern games such as Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six, Assassin's Creed, and The Division. The service also includes all add-on content and DLC packs as well as the back catalog of Ubisoft's published titles including Splinter Cell, Prince of Persia, Child of Light, Rayman, Beyond Good and Evil, and more. No word on if it's an Xbox deal or or a Game Pass deal or not, but all points, all sources are pointing to that it's going to be a separate service. Yeah, I mean, I gathered... I gathered as much because uh, I know there's some games that they have Ubisoft has that are on Game Pass already, and I imagine they're going to stay on Game Pass, uh, especially since we have Rainbow Six Extraction coming out on Game Pass soon, which we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, I think, is still on Game Pass. Uh, Far Cry, some of the Far Cries, I think earlier Far Cries are on it. I know Blood Dragon is, yeah. um, but uh, and those I imagine will still stay, but. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Game Pass Ultimate increase 
mm-hmm. by maybe five bucks well, to be like twenty bucks a month to incorporate U- uh, Ubisoft Play or whatever they call it. Well, what I was thinking was, I think what Game Pass will start doing is doing what uh, Amazon Luna does is have like a base subscription or like what I guess Ultimate Right is kind of that base subscription now, and then you add packages mm-hmm. onto it for like half the price of what it normally is. You know, like yeah. I, I could totally see that happening at some point. Cause, I mean, because we have like, that with, we have Game Pass is like standard Game Pass and then Game Pass Ultimate, which incorporates EA Play. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ultimate also includes PC and Xbox and Cloud, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, though. Like, there's already kind of a tiered system there. So. Super important question. Do you think Ubisoft Plus, or do you know if Ubisoft Plus will include the Just Dance song library? <laughs> I uh, think well, it does. This sounds like a very important question to a specific person in this group. Uh, so here's the thing. Ubisoft Plus, if you subscribe to it, it is $15 a month, which is kind of steep. But what you get is all upcoming DLC packs and add-ons but I don't know if that includes a Just Dance subscription service. <laughs> I asked because that's you know that's how I found out that was such a thing when I got the one copy of Just Dance that I ever got in my life for some teenage like like some like n- like nieces nephews and their teenage friends, um, and you only get like a dozen songs. Like oh, if you want the full library, you need to subscribe, but you can try a free month. So I did like a free month, but. I was just like, how many subscriptions are there? So, like, if it's separate, then Ubisoft has two different subscription services? That's crazy. Yeah. In addition, I just think video game uh, industry is now becoming very subscription-heavy, kind of like how the TV industry is now. It's like, you've got, I know they're different, but, you know, Game Pass, Ubisoft Plus, whatever Ubisoft has for Just Dance, Nintendo Online plus Expansion Pass, and then the PS Plus, PS Now, and the rumored PlayStation subscription. <laughs> like, yeah. how, how can we afford all this? Yeah. I, it's, well, it's, I, it's literally becoming like the freaking Netflix of gaming. Well, like the like the streaming service of gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I do think, I do know that like music stuff always has weird licensing issues with it. So I don't know how well that would play into a subscription service because I also know that they have Rocksmith, which is getting a subscription as well sometime soon or it already has one or something i don't know i didn't keep up with rock uh smith even though that's our highest viewed youtube video ever uh which is hilarious from e3 uh you should see the comments on that video by the way they're just hilarious they're just making fun of us the whole time because we don't know what we're talking about (laughs) but I still, I still wonder if you would have to pay for those subscription service, or, or maybe you get like a discount on the subscription service. But I imagine you would still have to pay for that subscription service. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, hmm. honestly. Uh, but yeah, incorporate. I can't imagine a lot of people are subscribed to this. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if that's why it's coming to Xbox to get more subscribers to it. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because but it also it doesn't make sense because they're also adding Rainbow Six Extraction to Game Pass on day one, on January twentieth, the day the game comes out. That game That's is coming. Weird. But also, I don't think there's a lot of hype for this game, and they need players to play. It. 
So Honestly, yeah, I, I I do want to play this game. Like I remember, I remember, I, I may be one of the few people that were kind of hyped for the game. Like I do want to play it. I mean, I do want to play it too. I wasn't gonna buy it, but like I want to play it because it's like this this uh, co op experience is way more appealing to me than Rainbow Six Siege. I mean, I know Siege is popular, but like this is way more appealing to me in a lot of ways. So now let's come to Game Pass. I get to try it out. With my non-friends, as everybody pointed out, that I have none. Thanks. Uh, all who, right. said, who said that? Who said that? Did, did Josh Finney mm. say that to you? No, the person to your right on my screen. Not I. <laughs> well, it takes one to know one, okay? I, I have no gaming friends either. So. Yeah. It takes a loser to know one, I guess. Oh, gosh. All right, so we're going to move don't on. Don't be like me and just like, I just don't want to play it, period, with anybody. So I'm so antisocial when it comes to video games. Hey, we played although, Rainbow. Although I did. Hey, we played Resident Evil together. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, I played Alien Fire Team Elite uh, last night with Josh and another member of our community. So, yeah. See, you're not antisocial. Eh, Stoy, you're so, fun. Occasionally, I, occasionally I crawl out of my cave. Occasionally, every now and then. Occasionally. Yep. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our next story. E3 is set to be an online-only event in 2022 after stating concerns of a rise in Omicron COVID cases as the main reason, though insiders think that the growing concern is elsewhere. Industry analyst yeah. Mike Futter tweeted out that the ESA abandoned their dates in, at the Los Angeles Convention Center back in early November before Omicron was any concern. Is there trouble brewing at the center of the ESA? Ooh. I don't think the ESA can afford E3 anymore. Yeah. Especially since that's what, like 70% of their profits come from E3 or, or their income yeah. come from E3, which is... And they literally have done zero, yeah. zero things in the last two years, so... Right. Yeah, like, the, what, 2020, they totally... E3 was canceled totally. And then in yeah. 2021, they did that weird hybrid thing and nobody knew what they were doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then in 2019, obviously 2019, they let all, everybody's personal information leak, which was neat. Oops. So. Well, I mean, it definitely seems possible. The writing was on the wall where, you know, many people were kind of wondering if conventions like E3 in, in person anyway, was, you know, was still viable or even relevant, yeah. even though I, I would have thought they were cool and m- maybe just they're leaning on the current concerns of Omicron to maybe make their pride a little less yeah. hurt. Um, well, it's it's an easy answer in this point because a lot of people can kind of look at it in its current state to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's also one of those things like if I know it's a diff- different thing to talk about, like how people now work from home more, but once people figure out um, having things done online is, is, viable then it's kind of hard to go back to physical things i Mm -hmm. I don't know i i need my where's my monster energy drink i'm i'm lacking vocabulary (laughs) right now but my point is like they achieved it last year i i don't know if they personally saw it as a success but i mean they know they can do it online so why put up money you know what they could do is remember years ago they limited it to like a press only event like they uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. They didn't broadcast a lot. They didn't have any of these big showcases. They just invited the press and had all these demos. And the press was—it was just basically a press show. 
Yeah. There really wasn't I mean, any like big showcases or anything like that. They could do that again. Maybe have a developer here and there do like a small little showcase that we stream on YouTube or something like that, but have it limited to just press only to come and test out these demos, test out these games and talk about it. Yeah. Because, Instead of like inviting everybody and their mother to this convention. Yeah. 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 The thing Which I wouldn't go that even pre I wouldn't go to that pre pandemic for crying aloud. Yeah. I mean to like it's to to have an online only event is gonna like almost kill them because they're charging six or seven figures to these companies to do stuff on stuff online when they could just do it for free on their own channel, right? I mean, yeah. yep. that's that is what kind of killed them in la- what last year or two years last yep. year, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, they need to somehow switch courses because PAX and Keeley's Summer Game Fest is those two events are really eating their lunch in terms of fan feedback mm-hmm. and. Uh, everything and and what they need to do is suck up their pride and just ask Keeley to come back and like pay him to produce a really good show, right? And, and that's what they need. Like I feel like that's what they need to do because I feel like what they're trying to do is so archaic and so backwards at points that like yeah, we all get excited when the press conferences happen and stuff, but like a lot of people forget EA's press conference not part of E three technically. Xbox's showcase, technically not part of E3, right? They have their own theater. They have their own time slot before E3 starts, right? Nintendo's just a direct. That's yeah. not part of E3. The only thing at E3, part of E3 is the Treehouse stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And they could easily do that after their presentation, you know, at Nintendo campus, so. Yeah. And that's and that's where ES, the ESA is faltering because conventions aren't dead. It's not the fact that no one loves conventions. People love conventions. There's conventions all over the country for that are drawing in thousands and thousands of people worldwide. So it's not that. It's like the ESA has not innovative and offered anything new and enticed any of these developers or these publishers in to give them a reason why they need to come to their show. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're charging him a buttload of money and still continuously do so not realizing that they're signing their own death warrant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, PAX is in April, isn't it? And pa- that that's still, at mm-hmm. least at, at this time, is still in-person conference. Yeah, at mm-hmm. this time, it's still in-person. But, you know, I I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people are looking at Omicron and being way more cautious about it. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like a different... It's so hard. It's so hard because, like, people that are vaccinated and boosted, you know, get, like, a headache. And, and you know, a lot of people aren't getting the symptoms that you that people are getting when they're not on, when they're not vaccinated, you know. And it's, you know, not to say that a vaccinated person can get really sick from this or even, you know, worse. But it just it seems like the people who have taken the right steps and stuff, if they get it, it's not as bad. Right. So. I don't know. I just think it's. I think it's a, a, a weird thing to cancel something this early. So that's why it's led me to believe that there's something else wrong, mm-hmm. and they probably yeah. try to entice publishers and developers, and no one's picking up their phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're trying to save face. Yeah. By saying, "Oh, Omicron," even though the convention's technically six months away, and mm-hmm. you know we'll probably be in a completely different wave at that point. So. Yeah. And you know. 
EA is also part of Keeley's Summer Game Fest now. So that's also a big takeaway, right? And Sony's already pulled out like years ago. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, our, speaking of E3, our last kind of major headline here, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 is rumored to be revealed before E3 2022, uh, claims multiple sources. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was a bona fide hit for Respawn, capturing the events between episodes three and four seamlessly while introducing players to an exciting cast of new characters in a true 3D Metroidvania world. All signs point to a Star Wars Day reveal. A quick reminder that EA holds the Star Wars license until 2023. With this, uh, with this would mark only the fifth major title in ten years. It says fourth in the show notes, but it's really the fifth because I forgot about Squadrons. Though that's not really a major yeah. title. I'm excited for a Jedi Fallen Order too. Jedi Fallen Order was awesome. Oh yeah. So I thought, but I thought Respawn Entertainment is working on a completely different IP. They are, but they have three teams. Uh, okay, I suppose. Yeah, because they got a team working on Medal of Honor, and well, that Medal of Honor the game, new IP. That Medal of Honor game came out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, so I mean, they they have they have the new studio they opened in Vancouver for Apex. They mm-hmm. have the team that is working on a new IP, and then the third team is presumably working on this. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I like this game yeah. a lot. I would see them coinciding, having this coincide with uh, uh, May Fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a Disney property. I would, I would. Disney wants to announce everything themselves. If you mm-hmm. know anything about Disney and Marvel and D twenty three, they want to do it themselves. Although it could be at D twenty three as well, but I, I, I'm, I bet they're saving it for Star Wars Day. All right, guys, the wrap-up. Drinkbox Studios' top-down action RPG Nobody Saves the World is hitting Xbox Game Pass day one as a timed exclusive, marking the first time that a game from the studio has not made its first appearance on the PlayStation consoles. The game will be playable on January 18th, 2022, and includes drop-in, drop-out co-op if you would like to save the world with a friend. Uh, Fame... Second, famed developer Hideo Kojima is rumored to be working on multiple projects at Kojima Productions, including one non-gaming related one. Rumors have ranged from working on a Silent Hill game to the Blue Box fiasco to even making a Microsoft exclusive and uh, executive producing a Metal Gear Solid remake. We even know that he opened a branch in Los Angeles last year in hopes of getting a foot in Hollywood, so it seems very likely that he is experimenting outside of games altogether. Uh, lastly, Bungie is hiring for an unannounced project, stealing away a longtime narrative designer from Guild Wars, uh, uh, from Guild Wars, Tom Abernathy for the project's narrative lead. Bungie aims to expand into a multiple game studio and publisher, having new IP matter and an unannounced multiplayer only project running alongside destiny after its light and dark saga conclusion, as well as an, as it opening an office in Amsterdam as their publishing arm. About time. Yeah. Uh, Bungie needs to stop. I mean, Destiny you could still kind of run for a long period of time, but you know they need to start making making different stuff. Yeah, I th- I think uh, I think they want to get new products out because it's really hard to get new players into Destiny at this point. If you're not into Destiny at this point, it's it's really hard to get into, especially with yeah. especially right now with Beyond Light and heading into the Witch Queen, like. 
the witch queen queen is adding a whole bunch of crafting elements plus really tackling stories like threads loose ends of threads from stories from beyond light and the previous expansions that will no longer be available on february 22nd because you know they do that thing where they take stuff out of the game so you can't play it so Mm -hmm. it'd be really smart for them to get some other games in there all right we're gonna move on to our segment pass it on stoy this is your favorite segment of what's coming to Game Pass this week, right now, even though uh, Xbox will I, announce something tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, because uh, of, like it was, it, it always happens that way where it's like a couple days after we record, all of a sudden they, you know, drop all this news. Like last week we got Gagora o- o- Olaja, which is like some weird pirate game. Uh, the Pedestrian, we talked about Ember. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, that all came out. And Outer Wilds came out last week. So that's really cool. Um, a lot of stuff out there. But next week, or this week, actually, when you're reading this, we're going to get Spelunky 2. Uh, that's coming out on January 13th, which, uh, I mean, that's like, that's kind of like a Metroidvania meets uh, Bomberman. You know, where you got to kind of like dig through parts of the level, I imagine. Uh, the Anna... Anacrusis. Uh, I don't know what that is, really. Um, but uh, that's coming out on January 13th as well. And uh, Nobody Saves the World, that's coming out on the 18th that uh, uh, Corey talked about recently. Um, Paparazzi. I know we ta- I, I talked about this a long time ago because I think this was an E3 showcase yep, game. Yeah, Paparazzi, yep. Where uh, you basically, it's a game where you just take pictures of your puppies and your dogs and your animals. Mm-hmm. And you put costumes on them. Everyone likes a and puppy. other things. Yeah, so uh, that comes out on the 20th, but we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Nobody Saves the World looks cool. I I've always respected Drinkbox from afar. I'm not... I mean, they, they've kind of specialized in Metroidvanias, right? Guacamelee and Severed and uh, Mutant Blobs Attack on Vita. So, I mean, like, they, they've done some really cool stuff. I I really like their art style, especially in Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2. Like, I, I think those games are really cool. Uh, okay. But... And th- they're... Both those games <clears throat> are on Game Pass also, by the way, if you want to check them out. They're great. Uh, but Nobody Saves the World looks like another awesome game from them Anna Anna Crucis actually is a four-player co-op shooter Ooh. Uh, where you're on a spaceship and you're fighting alien hordes and it kind of has this uh, prey look to it Ooh. but in a very bright setting too so it looks uh it looks interesting cool I think I remember seeing a trailer for this a long time ago hmm. well Game Pass is a, it's a nice little treat. Mm-hmm. You can just try it out if you have it. You can just download yeah. it. Yeah. You can play it through the cloud. You don't have to download it anymore. You can just be like, oh, what's this game? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, this is neat. I'll download it and finish it. Or not. Do it. Yeah, you do you. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to get into our topic of the show. What is Microsoft's... What Microsoft-owned franchise has the potential to tell a story as well as as well respected as PlayStation's first-party titles? There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack here. Obviously, mm-hmm. Microsoft has purchased a lot of studios recently. 
There's a lot of studios that they own that have told good stories in the past, but not under Microsoft's banner. Also, I think I think a lot of people, when they bring up Microsoft, they think of multiplayer shooters or Western RPGs that, not that they're light on story, but obviously, you know, especially Bethesda, you know, not... You know, it's about exploring the world and building your own character, right? It's not really about the story. Those stories are cool. So, I think I think Hellblade has a good chance of moving that way. Senua Saga has a good chance of heading that way. Uh, mm. I always thought I always thought Gears Five told a great story. I really like Kate's story in Gears Five. Uh, I I think I think that was the first step in the right direction, although. It obviously, you know, games like The Last of Us and God of War tell pretty, you know, pretty. I would say respected stories in the industry. Uh, I think I think Microsoft is still kind of a ways away from that, but I think Gears Five really took a big step that way um, in exploring Kate's kind of internal struggle and what she had to go through, and then the obviously towards the end, the big choice towards the end of Gears 5 is like a pretty traumatic choice for one character or another, depending on which <laughs> choice but you technically, make. But technically, it doesn't matter in the canon. I know. <laughs> I know. Because like... Did... I actually went back. When I found that out, I actually went back and changed it. I know. Yeah. It... I was like, what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a canonical choice, but like, I, I still think in the moment, though, when you're playing it and you don't know that, like... Either way, you're like, you feel something. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do. It's not an easy decision to make, uh, mm-hmm. no matter which way you put it. But. Yeah. Uh, I, I I also thought I also thought that Perfect Dark, if if they now the way they're going with Perfect Dark, I don't think they're going to go that way. But I I I thought that maybe they could have done something interesting with Perfect Dark. Mm-hmm. But. I, I mean, they still could, right? Like, it, it's not that, like, first-person shooters can't have interesting or powerful stories. It's just, like, the way they've been talking about Perfect Dark kind of seems like they're going a different direction. What do you mean? I, I just, I'd feel like they could have done something, like, explore her past, maybe like, almost like a Jason Bourne-type situation. You know, I, I don't know if you have seen the Bourne movies, but uh, I feel like they, they, they could have tackled something like that. But like, I just feel I feel like that they. I didn't know. I I didn't read anything about Perfect Dark. What uh, what route are they going for? I mean, they they haven't really said anything publicly, but based on what you know, the Chris, Crystal Dynamics is helping with the development of that, and mm-hmm. by all accounts, their writing team. And don't get me wrong, I love the Tomb Raider games. I think they're wonderful games. I don't think mm-hmm. the story is their strongest suit. Mm-hmm. So like I just I feel like the story might be a little one note or like the, it might just be like kind of lighter on story as opposed to you know I guess I'm I'm gonna kind of hold judgment on that I mean I don't uh, yeah no I don't I, like to I agree with you I I don't want to judge the story until I play it but it just it just feels that way with what Crystal Dynamics has put out over the last decade or so you know mm-hmm. they're not exactly like masters of storytelling is all i mean maybe they maybe the initiative hired some really good writers right maybe maybe they have i I haven't really looked into it 
Anyways, anybody else got any cool cool ideas? Um, well, I'm trying to think uh, of stuff that's not so obvious, like how the direction like the Halo series is going. But remember that title? Jeez, oh, I had I and I had to look it up to see when it was released. That I know people really just want to see it make a comeback is Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if that could just be revamped. In addition to kind of, you know, pump in some fresh, uh, you know, storytelling, like that could just be a very strong, um, you know, first party title. Like yeah. if they could just t- completely refresh that franchise and keep it to Xbox. So yeah, well, technically, Sony owns that franchise now. Because well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like I wish. It, yeah. Yeah. No, I I know what you're saying. That that game was really cool, though. I I really liked that game a lot unfortunate um it would be interesting to see if sony would ever could they right could they what like well i mean insomniac is the one that made the game and they're not only are they working on wolverine they're also working on spider-man 2 so Mm -hmm. i highly doubt they would uh you know oh yeah that definitely wouldn't be a priority that's for sure yeah definitely not yeah um I'm sitting here trying to think about Xbox properties and like besides Hellblade and Sinua, I really, mm, I mean, I really just can't. You want me to give you I a guess, list, Leron? Uh, sure, give me a list. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking it up. Just. I mean, I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like they've made attempts with Halo. I feel like they've made attempts with uh, with, uh, with Gears of War. But you know, like I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of stuff that you know, like just doesn't see. Get, here's that, the thing with Halo. Here's the thing with Halo. Halo's story has never been a strong suit in any mm-hmm. of its True. titles. True. They've tried to tell meaningful stories, and for some reason, every time they try to tell retell the story or add a new wrinkle to the whole Master Chief and Cortana relationship, even to this day with Infinite, they need to let that go and start to go into some uncharted territory. Master Chief needs to move on to take on new challenges. Because uh, obviously we can't have a Halo without a Master Chief, even though we can... But Microsoft won't let it go, and neither will yeah. three, four, three Studios. Yeah. So, what Microsoft I think is putting its cards down now is brand new IPs, and I think over the next three years we're going to see a whole metric ton of new IPs with great stories. We got, you know, what Obsidian is working on. We got uh, Perfect Dark. We have, um, yeah, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. There's so many other ones I can't even think of off the top of my head that. Are going to be new IPs, uh, Star Starfield, mm-hmm. um, that is going to, I think, impress a lot of people mm-hmm. to the point where I think Sony will be shaking in its boots a bit to see what do we got down the pipeline. Can we just like pump out a Last of Us three? Everyone liked Last of Us three, right? How about a Ghost of Tsushima two? How about let's have the Mongolians invade again? You know, like mm-hmm. Sony's going to have to kind of work a little bit overtime to uh, try to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh- and I mean, they have Project Mara also, which is Ninja Theory's other game, which is they're exploring. I, they're exploring some sort of mental health thing with that, which you know could go either way. I think uh, if they're not careful, but it's it's always tough to tell which of these games is going to tell something good, like a good story. You yeah. know, it, it's I don't know. I I don't see it. Like I don't see Avowed telling the most groundbreaking story. Right, Grounded is obviously not a story heavy thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you don't just, think Avowed would be a good story-heavy RPG? I mean, it could be. It's set in the world of Pillars of Eternity, right? Which is also another IP that Microsoft owns. Uh, 
which has had great stories I've heard, but mm-hmm. I I just don't know because I haven't played it. Right? It's so gosh, it's so hard. This to is tell. the same studio that made Alpha Protocol, my man. I know, and they can Pro- tell a good story. Fallout New Vegas. Some arguably I'm, think that's the better Fallout than any other Fallout combined. I'm I'm aware, and I think that that story could be great. I I'm talking about a story. When did you get so in. negative, Corey? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fired. Everything has just been like doom and gloom. Ah, this is gonna be a good. This not gonna be a good story. That's not gonna be a good story. I didn't say the games weren't gonna be fun, but you really think <laughs> you you really think you really think something like Fable is gonna tell, it, like yes, an amazing story. Yes. Yes. Yes, it will. Perfect Dark's going to have a great story. Avowed is going to have a great story. Hellblade is going to have a great story. These all are going to be great stories. Got to open your heart. You know what? I believe you. You got to open your heart. You got to open your heart. In mind. Let it in. Here's here's what has officially been announced for in development from Microsoft. Uh Obviously, we there's a lot more, but this is what Xbox Game Studios is publishing. Grounded will hit 1.0 release sometime in 2022. As Dusk Falls, which is uh, from Interior Night, the, spin, the studio who spun out of uh, the Detroit Become Human studio. What's that studio called? Quantic Dream. Quantic yeah, Dream. Quantic Dream. Yeah. Uh, Avowed from Obsidian. Everwild from Rare. Contraband from Avalanche. Uh, Fable from Playground, Forza Motorsport. That's going to tell a great story. I feel. Oh yeah. I feel. God, like I hope not. They're gonna fo- <laughs> they're gonna follow Grid Legends and you know all the EA Sports titles and tell a racer's legacy story. Remember Need for Speed: The Run. Oh God. Oh, God, I hope they don't. You do could get out of the car. <laughs> Who buys Need for Speed to get out of the car? Just asking. No asking for a friend, guys. No one. Perfect Dark, Project Mara, Senua's Saga, State of Decay 3, and Outer Worlds 2 are all uh, uh, announced titles from Xbox Game Studios. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe in my head, I'm just conflicting a great story with a super serious, toned, you know, whatever type of story. And that's probably on that's me because because I especially do not like The Last of Us. I've been on record saying I do not like those games, uh, mm. uh, partially because of that reason alone. Because I just don't care about serious stories, right? And I think that's why God of War isn't really high on my favorite games lists either. Well, then this might be a tough year for you, Corey, because when we were watching the Game Awards, almost every single trailer had that dark theme, you know, just sad, serious, and I know, and I I probably won't play any of those games. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. That's just not not the games I prefer. I'm not saying they're bad games. I just, those are the games that I don't... I I would play Uncharted a thousand times over The Last of Us and God of War. Like, it's just the games I prefer, you know? Well, hey, that stuff can get pretty heavy. Like, I can only handle one of those at a time. Like, Yeah. I just... I don't know. For me, there's there's been enough shit in real life, not to get, like, super sad or anything, but there's been enough shit going on in my own life to where I don't need my games to be super serious either. I think that's why I'm enjoying Halo so much, is it's just, like, you can just run around and shoot stuff, and the story is fine, but not... 
here's a here's a question. Here's a question for you. Answer. Um, all right. So we so we look at we look at PlayStation and we see a bunch of like you know like really deep and involving first party like like story driven titles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We look at Nintendo and Nintendo has basically a, a good family environment you know atmosphere and stuff like that. Whereas Microsoft, I, I hate to say this, but Microsoft seems to have like the co-op and team play thing down yeah. to damn near a science. Yeah, like, that, I mean, like that is ac- that is actually I feel like that is actually a good ecosystem as far as the video games go. Mm-hmm. I really feel like because like because like here here's here's the deal about it. Like the average gamer, the average gamer like usually has one or two of those things that they like. They they they. they some people love, you know, thrive off of first party story driven games. Some people thrive off of co-op. Some people thrive off of, you know, stuff like that. And usually usually these ways intersect. I feel like I feel like this ultimately gets everybody to have multiple systems in their house. I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm discounting the PC for for or here because the PC is like the, the the natural equalizer. Everything that the consoles has, the PC does have that, you know. But for people who are just specifically console gamers, do not want to spend thousands of dollars on a on a nice rig to play like 4K 60 or 120 or whatever, you know, have ray tracing direct and and all this other stuff, you know. Yeah. Console gamers like usually have multiple consoles in their house, multiple consoles of different makes in their house and stuff like that. So I feel like I feel and yeah, I know, like it's it's really easy to poke fun, you know, at Microsoft, you know, in certain hands, you know, because they don't have like a last of us. They don't have an uncharted or a God of War and stuff like that, you know. I I get it. But at the same time, like it's really easy to turn around and poke, you know, that we don't have like Sony doesn't have like a good a good first party first person shooter i i I dare say they haven't had one uh, since before killzone what was was the last killzone four uh shadow fall killzone shadow fall yeah 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 i want to say like 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 sony doesn't sony doesn't do that sony doesn't also do a lot of good co-op games and stuff like that you know like they wait for third parties to do that you know which is why we have our call of duties and all this other stuff you know things like that so i i I think think to even add to your point i mean microsoft shouldn't be focused on what other developers or what other studios and companies are doing is try to find a niche of what's good for you and like you said nailing that co-op competitive multiplayer aspect of just microsoft is a good place and it it has been it started with the xbox it you know doubled in size with the 360 and you know uh, the majority of xbox players right now that own the new xbox have just been xbox fanboys since the xbox or the 360 yeah. So, you know, mostly people are um, favor one platform over the other because that's what they know and that's what they grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you'll change hands. Like, obviously, a lot of people change hands during the PlayStation 4, Xbox One era. A lot yeah. of people from Microsoft jump shipped over to PlayStation. But, you know, a lot of people like Microsoft because of the multiplayer ecosystem that they've built. Exactly, yeah. And that's why... You'll never see a game like uh, Stated Decay 3 be widely successful on a Sony platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people definitely go s- certain places for certain things, and yeah, and no first and no first party Sony titles for first party first person shooter titles on Sony system equivalent to Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Resistance would be three times more popular on <clears throat> Xbox than it w- ever was on PlayStation. Oh, hands down, hundred percent. Like if they bought that, if they bought that license, yeah, I, I agree. That is actually yeah. a good point. Yeah. Side note, Laron, you can use this for Crossroads on Tuesday if you want. But did you see that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bend pitched an open world resistance game? I saw that. Yeah, 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Austin and I were talking about it um, yesterday. Yeah. So that's that's cool. I I I think that was a I thought that was a cool game. I had those were like some of the only games I played on PlayStation Three that weren't. Uh, Resistance yeah. was good. Resistance, Resistance was, was good. Resistance was awesome. Yeah. Way, mm-hmm. way better than Killzone. And I know they wanted Killzone to be the thing because it was like the Halo killer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what they pitched it as. But, like, they should have been focusing on Resistance. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, that's the thing. When when publishers and companies focus on trying to outbeat the competition with specific in specific categories and specific facets, that's when you start to see a lot of these failing moments. I mean, we exactly. look at... We, we, we look at we Hayes lose. as a prime example. Hayes was supposed to be the the top dog. I mean, after Killzone met with mediocre success, Hayes was supposed to be the next one for the PlayStation 3 to be the quintessential Halo killer, and that's what the media marketed it to be. And then when it fell extremely flat, that's when I think Sony was just like, all right, we're, we're done with this. We're mm-hmm. not doing this anymore. So, And unfortunately, Resistance suffered as a result. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I would like. I think. I think Fable has a really interesting premise. It'll have a really interesting premise because it is that choice based kind of. You can play good or bad. I think. I think that that's where the balance is going to be. Is like trying to figure out how to, you know, because Playground has only made racing games for so long that I really hope that they find a way to. Fable's the one I'm looking forward to, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, and I hope they don't screw it up. Because mm-hmm. everything since kind of Fable 3 that they've tried to do with Fable has just kind of been like, you know. Fable Connect didn't uh, entice you? Oh, man, the journey? <laughs> or I could scrub my horse? Yep. Know? Wax on, wax off my horse. That, that didn't cool. convince you that mm-hmm. the Connect should be should be a, uh, in every living room? It's in mine. Complete in box. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Mm. No, I thought. So, I mean, do we like? I guess to add to David to David's question, um, and to Corey's point, because Corey, you obviously don't care about story and narrative as much as me. I care about that stuff. I didn't say I, I didn't care about it. I just think I just think comparatively, Xboxes... comparatively to me, you care about it less than I do. So. If we were to say, should Microsoft focus and double down more on story-driven titles, or just do what they do best currently? I wouldn't. I mean, here's the thing: I don't think I care less about. I think it depends on which game I'm going into and what I'm expecting from it. I expect way more. So, do I, you think they should double down, or do you think they should just continue driving the ship to where? I think it good depends. At? I think it depends on what title you're you're putting out. State, doesn't matter. State, State of Decay 3, you really want State of Decay 3 to have a, as impactful of a story as Avowed? I mean, they could. But that's not the type of game it is. No, yeah, I know. But I mean, a sing, so a, Avowed is let, like a single-player choice-based RPG. So State of, yeah, State of Decay is a world-building tower, like almost like a tower defense, but like a survival-type game. Do you think that game... Do you think... And I, I'll give you my opinion. Do you think that game would be better with a narrative story? I like a very true, deep narrative story. I think that's hard to do because the game is 
you know, it has a lot of permadeath and you would have to be mm-hmm. able to tell us a uh, ever changing story on the fly. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. really interesting if they could do that, but I don't, I don't think undead labs has the chops to do that. No, I don't. Th- and I, I agree with you. I don't think they, should. I, would, I would, I think they should stick with their formula of what they're good at with, mm-hmm. you know, the simulation and the survival aspects of that game. I want to tell but you, imagine would, if they I, were so focused on, trying to develop a narrative story and just shoehorned a story into it, mm-hmm. it probably would, the, the game would have probably suffered immensely. Yeah. I, if they could figure out how to put a really cool story in a, in a world where permadeath is a thing, I think that would be awesome because everybody's story would be different, but it would also be like really intriguing almost. It'd be like, let's a, talk to the fire emblem developers, see how they do it. Mm, fire emblem. That's a cool game. A lot of, uh, do that no it's no no, it's not i don't like that game at all (laughs) it's a great game story sure it is sure it is it's okay i you know a lot of people like it so i can't discount that uh i but like something like avowed or outer worlds like outer worlds 2 has the has a potential to be just especially if they somehow nail the comedy aspect of that game which i think they did a lot well in that first game but there's a there's a few things in there that i just think didn't hit at least what I played of, of it. But I think the Outer Worlds 2 could actually have a pretty intriguing story, especially with a bigger budget behind it. So, Stephanie, what do you think? Should Microsoft start to double down on these on this course, or do you think they should kind of stick to what they're good at? I mean, you know, primarily being a Nintendo fan when I was growing up and just kind of experiencing my frustrations as to why Nintendo stuck to their specific niche, you know, first party kid friendly story driven eh, for the most part. Um, I realized that kind of what makes them super successful. And I'm thinking, you know what? Xbox has a pretty solid identity with those first person shooters and multiplayer where I think that they still need to prioritize that. I think that's what makes them unique. Um, and maybe they could, it doesn't mean they can't develop any story heavy games, but it, I just don't think it should be a priority. I think they really need to continue standing out and, and, util- and taking, uh, taking advantage of what makes them unique. And you know what? Maybe they can lean heavily on the, what's it like, ID at Xbox? Mm-hmm. Um, that they can rely on the indie um, developers that they help fund to put out games that are more story-driven so that they can at least provide story-driven games as part of their package maybe on Game Pass. So there'll still be story-driven games available to play on the Xbox system, but that does not need to be part of their you know, first-party identity. I suppose even adding to that point, I think uh, even just with Microsoft buying all these studios is really diversifying their catalog to have a exactly. lot of a lot of many things, mm-hmm. you know, within their studio umbrella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, plus, like, not that this is a Microsoft IP, but Guardians of the Galaxy really, like, changed my perception of what, like, an action sort of action driven games kind of story could be. And maybe it's because I don't play a lot outside of like what I'm interested in. And I would, I mean, it's something I would like to do more of this year uh, if I have the time, but like it really changed my perception of like, Oh, well you can tell a really engaging, cool story that 
with good relationships and good storytelling within, you know, not just the, the team, but within the overarching story that like maybe maybe there is room for some of these teams to do stuff like that like machine games indiana jones for example could be one that does that you know or uh whatever whatever in exile is working on we know they're working on a first person rpg like mm-hmm. they there's a lot of potential there's a lot of potential in the ip that microsoft owns to tell good stories i i just hope that they execute it and execute it well and yeah. Laurent, what do you think? Laurent's awfully quiet. Um actually I I really don't I really don't have ugh. it's honestly hard for me to like like to like weigh in on this because given that um my my all, overall expertise in like the Xbox Xbox properties is very lacking, you know, like you know, and it's bad for me to say that being an actual invitee to the show right now. Um but um I I feel like what we need to do we need, we need to wait and see how um how basically they utilize how they utilize like the, the companies like um like like everything they've uh, acquired from Bethesda um, because I feel like I feel like that's the opportunity right there to like to like give if 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 the Xbox gamers are asking for their God of War experiences and stuff like that we need to see what this what 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 fruit bears from the um from all these acquisitions they've made you know recently and which we've like barely that. seen at this point. Well, yeah, we wish we very seen at this point, you know, like, well, you know, what? I'm going to give them the, but I'm going to call the COVID buffer, you know, like yeah. basically, basically they can use the pandemic right now to say, well, this is the reason why we're not doing this, you know, um, but there's only, there's only so much, there's only so much length of time that we can go through for them, for them to fall back on that. Because I mean, right now, like right now, like, you know, when we look at COVID and, I, and I, I'm not going to beat this, beat this horse dead because we did this last week on the Bossverse podcast and, and after dark. Um, but, you know, basically now, you know, like with, um, with the, with the, even though like Omicron is highly infectious, like the, um, like the symptoms and, and the actual disease itself are, are not as critical as they were, you know, back in 2020 and, tw- and tw- uh, 2021. So, you know, like with, with five day, with basically five days, you know, five days, you're feeling better. You can come back to work or, you know, do what you got to do and things like that. If you still feel bad after the fifth day, you know, like take the time that you need and stuff like that real soon. Like everything's going to shorten up to the fact that, you know, productivity is going to get back out there. So, you know, like I, I, I'm still taking the wait and see attitude as far as like what's going on with uh, what, with, because like, I, I don't want any of these companies to fail, whether it's Nintendo, Sony or Microsoft, I don't want any of these companies to fail, but if they fail to utilize their talent, that's going to mm. be their biggest problem. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be the damning thing that you know that that, that hurts them. You know, there'll be another they'll they'll wind up becoming another. Well, Sega was on hardware, but you know what I mean. You know, like we we've seen we've seen publishers come and go. You know, and you yeah. know some of it some of it was just like bad design choices. Some of it was just the design that just helped fell in their lap. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think twenty twenty two is going to be a big year to. For all studios to really showcase what they got and what they've been working on, I imagine a lot of things were kind of delayed to this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, twenty twenty two is already going to be like a stacked year as far as because every game that was supposed to come out in late twenty twenty and and throughout twenty twenty one, you know, basically got pushed to this year. So you know. Yeah. Like we're looking at a lot of you know like I I feel bad for our I feel bad for everybody's like bank accounts and stuff especially that you know like work has not that been that easy to come by or you know everybody's hours have been cut work back. is people super easy up. to come by you walk yeah. out of your house and people are like you want a job 
Want yeah. another job? Dude, I went to dude, I went $12 to twelve dollars an hour to be a shift manager at Arby's. You want that? No, dude, what? look, I went to I went to Oh and they- I went to we went we ate dinner at Firehouse Subs tonight and it said starting wage fourteen dollars an hour. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That that was unheard of like back in twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So honestly it's about time for crying out loud, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I I think there's a lot of great games coming out this year that I would really like to have at some point. There's so yeah. many cool games. And I think we could all admit that we're all like the the climate of gamers out there are all trying to look for different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely looking for something different from Stoy and Stephanie and Laurent. Like we're all just we're all just different. Like I I know The Last of Us is one of the most beloved games of all time and I don't Ooh, like it. I don't it. think so. And I think that's fine. <laughs> The Last of Us, the I first one. I well, the first one, yeah. The second one, not so much. No, I, I was talking. I was talking about the first one. I know the second one is pretty divisive, but yeah, I'm talking about the first one. Yeah. But, anyways, games games are fun, guys. Games are supposed to be fun. We all like to play them. That's why we're here. Get your enjoyment however you want. Yeah. Play yep. play what you love. That's that's the the motto, right? That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to say or talk about? How about that uh, 500 hour dying light? <laughs> Speaking of games, yeah, we talked about that. I think that the developers Techland said that technically the game you could beat in one like with one's playthrough is like about 70 hours mm-hmm. if you were to complete all the side missions and stuff like that. But in terms of world building and world telling. Uh, narrative decisions that can affect the world. Mm-hmm. We're talking multiple playthroughs, mm-hmm. multiple choice changes that can affect everything. Yeah, uh, we're talking like over 500 hours. So yeah, yeah. and like people, people are done for me. <laughs> people, people are scoffing at that, but then they go and play like 3,000 hours of Skyrim, which is you know essentially. <laughs> yeah. Know. So I well, I don't know. I think I think people are blowing that way out of proportion. 3,000 hours. Like 3,000 hours of Mass Effect and Dragon yeah. Age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good that they're that's good that they're developing so much content and yeah. you know the fact that they they have your decisions actually affect the world around you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Like that's yeah. that's ripe for good story narrative driven gameplay. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. Good stories. I hope I hope Dying Light is good for people who want to play it. Yep. Uh, so and bring us another gears, you cowards. Yeah, God, give us Gears Six. Hurry up. Although Where I know, is it? I know the coalition is working on a project before Gears. I think so. Damn it! It's all right. No, you know what they're doing? They're working on another project until Rod Ferguson decides to leave what's left of Blizzard to come back and finish the Gears trilogy. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's my thoughts on that. And with that, we're gonna wrap the show. A uh, couple, couple of notes here. Uh, as of this recording, uh, comedian Bob Saget has passed away at the age of 65. Uh, really sad to see before we started recording today. Uh, that was, that was hard to read, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. rest in peace. Yes. Rest in peace. Uh, Bob Saget. Uh, also I want to shout out to Jesse who, uh, is taking a leave from the show for a little while. Uh, we miss you. We hope you're doing your best. And, uh, we love you, and we can't wait till you come back. So, uh, yeah. 
Anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast. You can find us on Tuesday mornings on your favorite podcast service. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Visit BossRush.net for all of our content. Laurent, Stephanie, thank you for your time tonight. Appreciate you guys both. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stephanie, where can we find you? Yeah, thanks for having me, despite my very humble knowledge of all things Microsoft and Xbox. It's fine. We, we have a fi- conversation. It is much appreciated regardless. I will. It's part of my goals for 2022. So next time I'll come back, I'll be a master. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V underscore author. You can also find articles that I've written uh, on BossRush.net and live Wednesday nights uh, on the Boss Rush podcast. Laurent. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Exodus803, EXODUS803. Uh, so social media, uh, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, definitely, um, uh, my, that's my gamer tag. Uh, come hang out with me. Definitely Tuesday nights uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Exodus803 for Crossroads PlayStation Podcast. Um, and what else? What else? I feel like I'm missing something. Am I missing something? Am Boss missing Rush. Something? Boss Rush oh, yeah. after dark. Yeah. Gosh. Boss Rush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wednesday night's uh, Boss Rush podcast and uh, Boss Rush after dark. Cool. Stoy. I am on Twitter at with the EXP cast. We are a video game podcast, part of the Boss Rush Network as well. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at EXPCast. And then you can follow my personal Twitter and Instagram, StoyMKE8. He's got awesome motorcycles. Yeah, I post motorcycle pictures on my Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you can find me at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast every Wednesday night and uh, part of Standard Definition and After Dark and a plethora of other things happening here on the Boss Rush Network. I want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening to this episode. We will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Toodles, dog. Take care.